Welcome back to the second part of the message, A Sneak Peek into the Throne Room in Heaven, from Revelation chapter 4, 2 through 11. The throne room of heaven is an astounding place filled with magnificent creatures and the glory of God. As we conclude this sneak peek into the throne room in heaven, we hear it result in praise that is due to him. Here's Pastor Tim. All right, let me get to something that's odd. <laughs> All right, in fact, I want to call these the peculiarities. It's a hard word for me to say. The peculiarities of the throne room are the creatures, are the creatures that are there. In verse number six, we are introduced to some strangely odd creatures right in the midst and around this particular throne. John simply refers to them as the four living creatures. Look, if you will, at verse number six. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal, and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures, and then we'll get in their description in just a minute. So they are north, south, east, and west, these creatures that are there. Uh, they, uh, they have eyes that are strange. They have faces that are strange. But both of those are references to the covenant that God has made with us. Remember I said now we're, he's reminding us of things that happened in the Old Testament. This is one of them. This time he's not taking us all the way back to the temple. He's taking us even further back than that. He's taking us all the way back to Noah. When God made his covenant with Noah, I want you to listen to these verses again and see if you can hear anything that sounds similar to what we're going to read. In fact, let's... Uh, let's Let's go ahead and read the, the passage in Revelation first. This is how it describes the four living creatures. They are full of eyes in front and in back. He says the first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf or like a young ox, your, your um, translation may say. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Those are some... Strange-sounding creatures, aren't they? Verse number 8, the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And then we get to hear what they say a little bit later on. All right, so keep that in mind. You got your picture? These four living creatures, north, south, east, and west, kind of what they look like or what they are like, John said. Now listen to this from Genesis chapter 9. God is speaking to Noah. He says, as for me... Behold, I establish my covenant. All right, that's what I'm interested in. I want to know who the covenant is made with. He says, I make my covenant, or establish my covenant, with you and with your descendants after you. That's mankind. Remember one of these four living creatures? What's he like? He's got a face like a man, right? And then he says this. I lost my place. And with every living creature that is with you. And then he lists, in Genesis, he lists three creatures. Notice who they are. The birds, which includes the flying eagle. The cattle, or the calf, the young ox. And every beast of the earth of whom the lion is their king. He was preparing them all the way in Genesis for what we would read in the book of Revelation. And notice, you look at that and you say, Tim, there are eagles in heaven? Not Auburn eagles. No, I'm just teasing. That, that was not even nice, was it? 
there are bulldogs in heaven. <laughs> no, look at your verse again. It doesn't say that they are there. It says that the creatures are like them. In other words, these creatures, these angelic creatures, somehow distinctively show the glory of God in unique patterns. Let me show you what I mean. God is noble and royal and fast like a lion. God is patient, slow, and serves with strength like a young ox. He is sensitive, he is spiritual, he is compassionate, the very things that you would expect to see in the face of a man. And though he is intimately involved with his creation, he has a soaring transcendence like that of an eagle. It's his way of describing the glory of God in things that you and I see every day. John has the impossible task of trying to describe all of these incredible things that he's seeing. And so he's pulling from anything that he can imagine and saying, you know what, these angels, I don't even know how to describe them. But they give glory to God like a man does. Like the animals do. Like the birds do. Like, like, like all of creation does. And he says, God himself is radiating with all of this glory, and yet they tend to give him glory too. It's those peculiarities, those distinctive attributes that begins to bring out that reminds us that as we stand before him and stand before his throne, I don't have to worry about anybody coming in there and taking me away. I don't have to come in there and worry about anybody usurping the throne. I don't, have to come, I don't have to worry about the devil coming in there and challenging me or accusing me of anything else. Because the one who's seated on the throne cannot be overcome. He cannot be outmuscled. He cannot be outsmarted. And he cannot be outdone. He is proving his worth in these places. Well, let's keep going. There's a song that these angels, these angelic creatures are singing. It reminds us an awful lot of what Isaiah writes about angels. It reminds us of what Ezekiel writes about angels and the way that they look with their eyes and the way that they move. But this is their song. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. This is a song of praise that's not just to God in a general sense, but very specifically to God the Son, isn't it? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, He's always been, right? There's never been a time where He hasn't. There's never been a time where He won't be. And who is? John's lifetime as he writes this, he has seen Jesus face to face. He's walked with Jesus face to face. He's touched Jesus. He's all of those things. He's been there right there with him. He is. And yet he is to come. 
Because we're still waiting for him to come back and get us like verse number one. And it's that praise that's being offered to him. And it's that praise that leads us then to number five. The praise unto the throne is from the congregation. It's from the congregation. There's a congregation now that's gathered there before the throne. And I say congregation, but really it's more of a conglomeration. Because now there are angels and there's the church. You know? There are creatures and Christians that are there. There are angels and people that are there. And, and it's, when the, it's when the angels begin to sing their song, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. It's that song then that serves as a catalyst for the church to begin to join in song. It's just like when the praise band gets up here. When they begin to sing, what we begin to sing. Sometimes they'll say, well, I, don't, I don't even know that song. It doesn't even matter, does it? It draws me in because they are praising Him. I want to praise Him because they are singing. I want to sing. And when the church hears the angelic voices begin to cry out, then the church wants to cry out. And that's what we find at the end of these verses. He says, Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever, then the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and they worship Him who lives forever and ever and they cast their crowns before the throne saying, and then let's don't get into the song just yet. Great humility, isn't it? We fall down before the one, the only one who is worthy. And even though the Bible says that we have been draped in those clothes of white back in verse number 4, it's his imputed righteousness. It's what gives me the right to be there. And it says that they are crowned with crowns of gold. Listen, in your New Testament, there are two different words for crown. There's diadem and there's stephanos. A diadem crown is the crown of a king. A diadem crown is a crown that is given to a person solely because of their worth. It's the crown that Jesus wears. It's not the crown that's going to be given to you. You're given a Stephanos crown. Here's the best picture I know of what a Stephanos crown is like. You've just been watching the Olympics. You know? They go and they stand on those little tiers. And somebody comes and places a medal on their neck. The medal on the neck, the laurel around the head, you know? That's the Stephanos crown. It's the crown that is given to the winner, to the person who is the overcomer. He's just spent two different chapters in chapters 2 and 3 talking to these churches and saying, if you will overcome, you will receive this crown. So there we are. We've overcome. We're standing there in the throne room and he's, been getting, he's given us this crown of gold, this Stephanos crown. I don't take my crown and polish it and say, boy, look what I've done. Look how good I've been to be here. I think my throne's a little taller than your little throne over there. You know, we don't do any of that, do we? We come off the thrones. And the crowns come off the heads. And they get cast at the feet of Jesus. You say, well, I don't know if I want to do that. I worked hard for my crown. 
you don't know who I've put up with <laughs> to earn that ground. <laughs> I hear some people saying amen. <laughs> Listen, we never pointed ourselves. Why do we throw the crowns at him? Because the, look at the very first line of our song that we sing. Because you are worthy, O Lord. I'm not even worthy to sit on the throne. I have to come off of it. I'm not worthy to wear the crown. I have to have to give that back. I give you these things because you are worthy of them. Look at our song as it continues. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. By the way, John uses a word that's not even in my it's not even in my translation. It's the definite article with each one of those. What he says is, you are worthy to receive the glory, and the honor, and the power. In other words, all of it. Now how can I ascribe to the glorious one the glory? How can I give the one who is honorable the honor? How can I, in my own wretchedness, in my own weakness... Possibly give the power to the omnipotent one. You were created in the image of God. Being created in the image of God, God gave you dignity. As he gave to every person. Which means that you have a level of glory. You have a level of honor. You have skills and abilities. You have a level of power that God has placed inherently in you. And some of you have been so faithful with that and you've lived such a life that your glory has grown in the eyes of people. In the eyes of people, your honor has, has grown. There, there are even people who have jobs now that when we talk to them, we say to them, your honor, Right? Some of you have developed your talents, you've developed your skills, so that your power has become greater. All of that, you give right back to Him. So with as much glory as I have, I mean, it's not much when I'm standing there. But everything that I do have in glory, I give to Him. Everything that I have in honor... I give to him. There's not one person that's going to come and pat me on the back and say, congratulations, Tim, you made it. Any amount of power that I might have, I give to him. And I'm singing. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive the glory and the honor and the power. Why? Because you created all things. You made me. I am nothing without Him. And I'm nothing without His sacrifice. He made me. And so I in turn give those things back to Him. I want you to take note of this final line that's in our song, the final line that's in the chapter. My New King James says, and by your will they exist and were created. 
I mean, it's a great, it's a great line. Don't, don't get me wrong, and I don't, I don't want to sell that short. But this is one of those times where I really like the King James better than I even like my new King James. Because the King James quotes it this way. He says, he says, because, or, or, or they exist for thy good pleasure. They are and were created. I mean, I'm glad to know that it's by His will that I exist and have been created. But there's something wonderful to know that I was created for His pleasure. I'm created to please God. You know the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God, right? He has created me to please Him. He has created me to believe. He has created me to be with Him. Listen, what you read in chapter 4 is not pie in the sky by and by. What you read in chapter 4 is what God designed in the first place. This is what He's wanted from you for, for you from the very beginning. He wants you with Him and He wants you in glory. He's created you and fitted you for that and done everything possible for you to get there. And so we give Him everything we've got, right? It might seem like a little, but what I've got, I'm going to give to Him. I want to challenge you to do that in two ways and to do it right now in the next few minutes. Give Him everything you've got in prayer Give Him everything you've got in praise. Let's start with prayer. Bow your head and close your eyes with me. I, I encourage you to pray right there, right where you are. You use your own words. But it might sound something like this. Oh God. You are worthy to receive far more honor and glory and power than I can possibly give. You are inherently worthy. You are by your very nature worthy. You are by your actions worthy. You are worthy of my worship you are worthy of my life. Jesus, I want this life that you have given to me, that you have created as me, to be returned to you, not just then. I want to return that to you now. And give you everything I've got. Whatever measure of faithfulness, whatever measure of faith, whatever measure of witness, whatever measure of offering, whatever measure of kindness, whatever measure of compassion, whatever measure of mercy, whatever measure of good deeds, whatever measure of anything, I want that to be given to you as an act of my worship today, 
that there would indeed be less and less and less of me and more and more and more of you. That you would be honored. That you would be exalted. That you would be shining forth in the glory that is yours. God, I pray that you would teach me how to pray. That you would keep me in close contact and close fellowship with you. Teach me how to properly confess. Teach me how to properly adore you. Teach me how to properly intercede for others. Teach me how to properly give thanks. I, I want to know the right ways and best ways to do that. Because you're worthy. You're worthy of more than my little best. Be honored and glorified. In these prayers that you hear from all over the room, be praised and glorified in this very moment. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Before you ever give Him your heart, I mean before you ever give Him your glory and your honor and your power, you have to give Him your heart. And there may be somebody in here that needs to give Him their heart. I encourage you to do that today. Come, Tim, I want to make sure. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to help you with that. Maybe there's some, just some areas of your life that just, they just don't match up, you know? I mean, I can help you if you want me to. But the reality is, come to the altar and spend some time with God. Do it alone, do it with a friend. Whatever you need to do. Give Him your all, right? In this moment, this is your praise that you give to Him. It begins with your life. It extends then to your lips. Let's stand together. What an amazing vision to see in Revelation chapter 4, verses 2 through 11, as we have looked into the throne room in heaven. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. The address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.